like to take your Bible and turn to the book of Isaiah 65 and 1, please. Isaiah 65 and 1. Glory to God. I enjoy the Lord. I'm just thinking of this singing that song. He's been so good to us. And if you knew where I really come from, it might be different, you know. I'm so glad that the Lord forgives us and sets us free. And whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. And he works continuously in us to keep us free. Without him, we can do nothing. Even in our lives after we become Christians, we can do nothing without him. It's he that worketh in us that does the work. Praise God. Isaiah 65 and 1. They got it up out there. I was sought by those who did not ask of me. I was found by those who do not seek me. We're going to title this. He sought them that asked not for him. He sought them that asked not for him. We feel that we got the right message for today. We've had this for quite some time. I know Brother Clayton, he writes down messages and puts them on gold, cold storage. And, and, but I was talking to someone the other day, and they shared some words with me. That, and I thought, Lord, I know that's what you're talking to me about. Paul quoted this same scripture in Romans 10 and 20. How many of the glad sought you when you were not seeking God? When God was not even on your mind, and he wasn't even in your category, but he was seeking you. He was searching for you. The song says there, he's running after me to pour out blessings on me. And those things. Isaiah 10 and 21, the writer wrote, the remnant shall return. Even the remnant of Jacob, they shall return to the mighty God. How many is looking for people to return to the mighty God? They may not be seeking the Lord right now, but I tell you, God is seeking them. He's after them, and he wants them back wherever they may be in this world today. God responds to Isaiah's prayer, and he answered him by describing to him that is continually prayer coming up for the rebellious nation like Israel was coming back. They're coming back. God cut them off, but they're coming back. Let me read it from another translation, Isaiah 65 and 1. I was ready to be inquired about those who asked not. I was ready to be found to those who sought me not. I said, here am I, here am I, say I am to a nation that is not called on my name. I wonder how many today that God called on you when you didn't have him on your mind. I know I've said this before. When I was going with Peggy, she was in the church and I wasn't. And... Um, I didn't go there to hear no sermon. I didn't go there to hear no singing. That wasn't on my mind. I tell you, wasn't but one thing on my mind then, and that was Peggy. Sit on that back seat and hold her hands, you know. But I tell you, one, one, one service, one time, God got a hold of my heart. 
it, I don't, couldn't say I don't even remember what the preaching was, but I know that God got a hold of my heart. I know God changed my life that day. Totally, completely changed. Oh, we want to share that God is looking for everybody. It's not his will that anybody perish. Don't care where they're at and what they've done. Isaiah 58 and 9 said, Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer you. You shall cry, and he will say, Here am I. You may not have him on your mind, but I tell you, when the presence of the Lord comes on you, you know he's there. All you have to do is cry, and he will say, Here am I. I'm ready to do what you need to be done in your life. I'm ready to change you. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says this. Before I, God talking to Jeremiah, I said, Before I formed thee in the belly or in the womb, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified you, and I ordained thee to a prophet unto nations. Every person on this earth, God knew them before they was ever in the womb. And he had a destination for you before you was ever in the womb. He had your life planned out just like a pattern. And what was going to happen in your life, all the days of your life. I'm going to come back to this again in a, morning, in a minute. God speaks of predestination. He's predestined you to be in heaven. But you have a choice. I had a choice one day. And you got a choice to obey what God has already ordained you to be before you was ever placed in your mother's womb. He said, I have given you what I want you to be. How many know that you have a choice? You have a choice. Well, I used to work sometimes. They'd tell me, they'd say, well, you got to do that. I said, I ain't got to do that. Oh, yes, you have you got to pay taxes. I said, oh, no, I don't. I hadn't got to do but one thing, and that's to die. That, that, that's all I got to do, to die. But God, for you was ever formed in your mother's womb, predestined you like he did Jeremiah, like he told Jeremiah. He said, I predestined you right here. It says, I predestined you before you came as forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. In other words, Brother James, he said, I set you apart for what I had planned for your life. When God created the angels, they all had a choice. Some said they didn't, but they did. The reason we know that they had a choice, one-third left with Lucifer. Lucifer, he's an evil, wicked spirit. And he can change himself in the angel of light. So one-third left with them. And when he created Adam and Eve and put them in one of the blessed situations that man could ever live in, in the Garden of Eden. And he gave them everything. He gave them a choice. He said, you created my image and my likeness. Every person that's created in the image and the likeness of God has a choice. We're here today by the choices we have made. You make a choice, and the choice turns around and makes us. So they had a choice. Jeremiah has a choice. One place in the Bible, he was thinking about quitting. And God said, I blew on him from Isaiah. I've created the furnace. That word furnace means I, have, I am your maker. I mean, you know that God does not want to see you to lose out with him. 
that's not on his schedule for your life. He wants you to be successful and you'll walk with him as you walk with him. He said, before I formed you, I ordained you. I'll read that scripture here in a minute. And Paul wrote, because most people don't believe in predestination. But you have the right to determine where you're going to end up. Someone told me many years ago when I first got into church, when I was ignorant of the word of God. Well, God don't know who's going to be in heaven yet. I said, if he don't, we're in trouble. And I didn't know nothing, but I knew my name was already up there. If he didn't know that I was going to be there, then we was in trouble. I want you to know before God ever formed you in your mother's womb, he had predestined you to be in heaven. You said, how come so many are not in that, in the lineage of God today? They made the wrong choices. Lucifer is known as the angel of light in heaven. He made the wrong choice. He convinced one-third of the angels to make the wrong choice. He convinced Adam and Eve to make the wrong choice. I was in Brookshire's the other day, and I knew this guy, and he knew me, and he's in a wheelchair, and we stood and talked for quite a while. He said, are you still pastor? And I said, yes. He said, I've been in the church pretty well all my life. I'm 86, but I want to tell you what I've noticed through the years. Some Christians' lives is like a firecracker. It'll sparkle and pop for a while, then after a while it fizzles out. God does not want our life to fizzle out. He wants our life to be sparkling and popping the day that he comes back to this earth or the day he comes and takes us home. We ought to be more alive in God today than the day we were born again in the kingdom of God because God has increased our lives. He's looking for people today. Glory to God. Amen. Got the guy's name right now. But he was involved in Nitschkin's Watergate. He went to prison. Chuck Colson wrote a national best-selling book, become one of the leading men in prison. He wrote in that book, it was God's plan for me to go to prison. I was lost and undone without God until I went to prison. And in prison, I found God. How I many you know that God was after him and he didn't know it? You may have made a lot of wrong turn, but God made the wrong turn with you. You may not have served God for many years, but God was still after you. He still had your name. He was chasing you and wanting you in the kingdom of God. Praise God. He's going to get those that's not seeking him. We're going to see people come here that you're going to be shocked because God is after them. He is no respect to person and who he wants. Before Jeremiah was born, God said, I have already determined that thou going to be a prophet. Peggy never did. She said, I never did. In, she born in the church. I guess Sister Rue is the oldest one in this church. I'm not talking about age. She said, I was in church when I was in my mama's womb. Said, I got that years with me. Glory to God. She's been in church. I could call some names today that got in church and went astray. 
But God did not leave them. I'm glad that God didn't leave you when you was not where you need to be with God. He didn't forsake you. Even though you might have just a smoking flax, he didn't cast you aside. He don't cast aside those that are bruised and the world may turn you out. But God said, turn to me, I'll take you. I mean, you know, Brother James Clayton said this morning he has a message to preach about Lazarus. God will take away your stink. God will change your life. And here she is today, a preacher's wife. Never did want to be that. Born, not born, but born out there around Anti and Night Bluff, went to Houston and come back. Little did she know what was going to happen. Little did I know. You don't have no knowledge, really, what God had planned for your life had you predestined before you got where you are today. He told Jeremiah, before you was in your mother's womb, I made you a prophet. I sanctified you. And I set you apart to serve me. We have the choice to serve God or not to serve God. Moses said, as me and my house, I tell you, that's a profound statement. Me and my house is going to serve God. Somebody asked Sister Sue one time, said, how can you get all of your family together when you got so many? She said, because I'm the mama. I don't want you to know mamas has to control over things. All they have to do is exercise their authority. They have control, and we appreciate that. Just as God had a life plan for Jeremiah before he was ever born, God had a plan for your life before you was ever born. Amen. Are you glad that God has brought you this place this far? Praise God. Hallelujah. I knew a guy one time. He was a maintenance manager of Upshur, um, Gilmer. I believe that's Upshur County. He told me one time he was a super nice guy. He said, I'm always so thankful to God what he's kept me from what I could have got into that I didn't get into and, and I didn't know it and what he kept me from I didn't really know but I'm so thankful to God how many is thankful to God boy he's kept you all these years what could have happened to you he did not allow it to happen he brought you this day because he was in love with you Deuteronomy 32 and 10 said this is talking about Jacob it said I found him in a distant land in the waste of howling wilderness, I led him about, instructed him, I kept him as the apple of my eye. Brother Clayton, can you imagine that in a howling wilderness? It sounded like Ephesians 1. The earth without form, without void. It was a wasteland. And that's where Jacob was, Brother Michael. But God said, Jacob, I was with you and you didn't know it. Surely angels from heaven were with him. How many believe there's angels right there on those pews with you? I had just first got in the church and I heard Brother preach this message. He said, the angels are sitting on those pews with you. And I, I got a hold of that. And I believe everywhere you go today, an angel is with you. 
You may not know it, but there are flaming ministering spirits there to help you in whatever you're doing. And that's what the angels descended and descended when Jacob left home and all he had was a stick, he said, when I crossed Jordan. When he laid down that night running from his brother, lied to his blind father, stole the birthright, so to speak, only had a stone for a pillar, but God was with him because he had a plan for him one day that he was going to name Israel after his name. That's where Israel gets this name is from Jacob wrestling with the angel thigh out of place and he said turn me loose let me go he said I'm not going to let you go until you bless me fulfilling the promise of God that he'd promised to him before he was ever born now, I know this sound like far-fetched preaching sound like a fairy tale but it's right out of the word of God if you read the word of God sometimes you think it is a fairy tale Peggy and I have done that before and thought it was so God fatherly cares for what he's created. He cares for what he's created. Praise God. Now, I remember one time after Brother Ed Parker and him got into church, he asked me to go visit this people with him. He said, now, this guy drinks a lot. said, he's probably going to be intoxicated when we get there. said, don't pay too much to his language. He was on the back porch. But we saw him come to church, get baptized, get the Holy Ghost. Listen, God had a predestined plan for him. He had a massive heart attack in the hospital in Texarkana later on in years. Before he died, he seen an angel coming. Oh, I mean, you know, it would be wonderful to see that angel coming to carry you home. And the wonderful blessings of God, God had predestined his life to what he was going to make him to be. Praise God. I'm glad for the Lord this morning. I'm so glad for the Lord. He was in a desert place, homeless, helpless, in a wasteland, but God was there with him. How many believe that God is with you wherever you go? Wherever you go, he's with you. He keeps you for this hour and this moment. Praise God. Israel is figuratively represents a man without food, in other words, without the Word of God, and without water, without the Holy Spirit. A man can be without the Word of God and without the Spirit of God. He must be born again. He was surrounded by the howling beast. But God was there with him. Sought them that asked not for him. Sought them. It was not man seeking God. You'll never find in the scripture where any man ever sought God. You'll not find it in there. God said, I sought for a man. I never found one. I couldn't find one. He couldn't find a man that would seek him. The only people that you find is seeking God is the people that God has come after and changed their heart. Nebuchadnezzar, after he seen the four men walk out of the fire furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, scholars believe that third man was Jesus Christ. He said, I know that your God is great. He confessed the greatness of God, but the next few verses down tells you that his heart was not changed, what he planned to go and do. 
Listen, you can confess about God, but your heart has to be changed. Satan says, I believe in God, but he's not going to be saved. You can confess the beautiful things of God, but without a heart transplant. He takes the old nature out. He didn't cleanse up your old nature. He takes that out. He gives you a new nature, gives you a new hope. He gives you a new character. He gives you a new dream. He blesses you in everything you do. The Bible said in Chronicles, says as long as they sought the Lord, in other words, as long as they kept God first, the blessings of God was on their lives. So God wants you to be blessed spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. That's God's plan for people that walk with God. No man comes to God. You, no man. Jesus said no man comes to God except he is drawn by the Spirit. It takes the Spirit of God to draw us to God. And when he draws us to God, then he fills us with his Spirit. He changes us. Praise God. Like a man that got filled with the Spirit of God and He'd always like to go down, sit by the railroad track and watch the train go by. And he said that next morning he went down there and said every time that wheel turned up, said, praise God, praise God. I mean, you know, when God changes your life, you'll see a different respected of the world. You'll not look at the world the same way you looked at it before you were born again into the kingdom of God. No man come to God. Cooper Plum, some of you knew him. He said one day he was standing in front of this sign, used to be down there in front of Grogan's, you know. You remember that sign down there? Uncle Sam all dressed up like Uncle Sam had his finger pointed out. Anybody remember that sign there sitting on the sidewalk? And he said, I walked up there and I was standing in front of that sign looking at it. And he said, that finger was pointing to me. And they said, I want you. In other words, the army wanted you. He said, I heard the Lord speak to me and said, Cooper, I want you. And he went to church, got filled with the Spirit of God. Because God spoke to him right there. I mean, believe it, God's speaking today. He's never silent. He's always speaking. The church members need to be like Mary, is with our Sunday school lesson today. She said, God, do unto me according to your word. Whatever word you say about me, do it unto me. God is seeking people today. And then one day, it's not God's will that men perish. We need a revival in our souls. The church needs a revival. John 1 and 5, I mean, Jeremiah 1 and 5 again, as all God knew before they was in the womb. Now Romans 8 and 29 says this, Paul says this, for whom he did foreknow, in other words, Jeremiah said he knew you before you was in the womb. He said, you just read that. He said, I knew you before you was ever in the womb, in your mama's womb. I had a plan for your life before you ever was in your mama's womb. And now Paul said, those that he foreknew, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn of many of the brethren's. How many of we are born of the kingdom of God? Because God had predestined. He said, why does not people come then? Why not they're saved? They have a choice. 
Paul said, Demas has loved this present world and forsook the kingdom of God because he loved the world more than he loved God. He had a choice. The angels had a choice. Adam and Eve had a choice. God knows everything, past, present, and the future. There's not anything that he doesn't know. And people say, well, you can't know the mind of God. You can't know. Yes, you can. Matthew 13 said, given unto you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He gives us knowledge and understanding of the word of God. The word of God is God, that where we can understand God. It's so simple, a fool, a wayfaring man won't err therein because he wants us to be saved. God created the angels, a free moral being. Pride was born in heaven. That's the first place you read in the Bible where pride was born, it was born in heaven. Lucifer is the creator of the birth of pride. When he decided to leave heaven and take one-third of the angels with him, pride was developed. And Jesus said, I beheld him as lightning as my father cast him out of heaven. So pride is still in this earth today. That's one of the greatest problems probably we as Christians have to fight is pride. I had something to happen to me with no, I mean, just last week, and I had to get down on my knees and weep before God. I said, God, don't let pride like that get in my life. It's easy to get lifted up. It's easy to get lifted up. And Paul made specific knowledge here. Those that he foreknowed, he also predestined. For whom he did foreknow. God knows everything about us. God created the angels and Adam with free choice. Same way we have free choice. According to the Old Testament, we find out that God is not limited to time. Predestined is to be conformed to the image of his son. So he wants us to be that way. He said, I before, set before you life and death. Choose. How many know that God wants you to choose life? Choose life. Choose life while you're here, and you'll have eternal life. Abraham, before he was born, in his mother's womb, had the same promise that Jeremiah did. Before he was born, God had promised, predestined him, that he would be the father of many nations and he would be the father of faith. At age 75, he was still in Macedonia worshiping idol. You would say, well, that prophecy didn't come true. God is not linked to time. Yesterday, our day with him, a thousand years is one day and, you know, we work on time. When I retired, they give me a watch. I told them, I said, that's probably the worst thing you could do is give a man a watch when he retires. I ain't got no need for a watch when I retire. I don't eat by the watch. I don't go to bed by the watch. I don't get up by the watch. I'm free. Amen. Some of you have to get up and do that thing, but one day you'll be free too. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I know you have to have alarm clock. My brother next to me, 
mother could hardly ever get him up. When he become a guard at Huntsville Prison, wondering how in the world he'd ever get up. He bought him a large alarm clock, put it in a big pan across the room, so he'd have to get up and go turn that thing off. But the Lord wants you to be free from the things of this world. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. And whom the Lord wants you to be free, free in your spirit, free to worship God. So we find him there worshiping idols with a promise that he had. I mean, you know that God has given us a promise. Everybody that God's called, he's given them a purpose in the church to do, to fulfill that. And what did Abraham do when God appeared to him and said, leave Methatonia, leave your father, leave your kinfolks, and come and follow me, and I will make you the father of faith. He didn't have no children. He said, I'll make you the father of faith. He didn't have no children. He's not going to get no children until he's 100 years old. But he walked by faith for 25 years. And he fulfilled the promise by the choice he made because God had made a promise, predestined him ahead of time. Romans 4, 17, I believe it is, said, and Abraham never wavered or never staggered at the promise that God had made him because he knew he would bring forth it past. So that's what he did. In the book of Jeremiah, God was always speaking up. You ought to take your Bibles and underline as many times as God spoke to Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah. And God said to Jeremiah. And God said to Jeremiah. God said to Jeremiah in the pit that the, some of them went and told the king, said, if you don't get him out of that pit and that mud, he's going to die. But God spoke to him. What God is trying to tell us, I don't care what condition you're in, God is a speaking God. He'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to you and give you things. Whatever condition you're in, Brother Melvin's been in a pretty bad condition. TB, quarantined in Shreveport down there. Wouldn't let nobody see him. Praise God. But thank God he's here today because God's mercy and your prayers in God and God's mercy on him spared him and let him be here again. Glory to God. Predestined. Brother Melvin, that tells you or should tell you that God is not through with you. How I many you know that your God is not through with you? Don't look at your age. Don't look at your youth. Don't look at your standard. I don't care what the devil, he's an angel of light. He's a liar and the father of all lies. God is not through with you until you breathe your last breath and give up the ghost. He's not through with you. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through with. You don't know what I'm going through with. There was a lady that she made the evening news, the world evening news last Friday Car running behind her. She had four kids. While she was unloading her car, cut off both legs. Young girl, beautiful young girl. Stayed in a wheelchair nine years and seven months. And she woke up one day and said, I'm not sitting in here no more. We need to make a decision. She said, don't let the obstacles in your life keep you from being what God has called you to be. 
She eventually got into a place that got her some new legs. And as soon as she got her some new legs, she got cancer breast. And she said, I'm not going to allow that to stop me from what I'm doing. Some people let little bitty things stop them. But God has ordained you for a purpose and performed before you was ever born in this world. And we have to make sure we make the right choices. You say, well, I've failed. Proverbs said the righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. It's nothing wrong with failing the wrong. The problem is when you lay down, get up. Amen? Because God has a purpose for your life. He's ordained your life to be there and accomplish that. And nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. God says, I'm looking for those that's not looking for me. I'm looking for them. And what God made Abraham to be. And my, you, you read about Abraham, then you turn over Galatians 3. You have the same blessings through Jesus Christ that Abraham had. It's in Galatians 3, through Jesus Christ. You have the same blessings that God promised Abraham in Galatians 3, through Jesus Christ. Well, it's about time for me to quit. I don't want to quit by notes. Start by notes, I want to quit and go in by the presence of God, what God would have us to be. First Kings 19 and 19, God called Elisha. Sent Elijah down there to anoint him. Now, before Elisha was in the womb, God knew what he was going to be. He knew it. He'd ordained it. He'd predestined that he would get a double portion of Elijah. So Elisha walks by, throws his mantle upon him, which is the anointing, and immediately he ran after Elisha. Elijah, Elijah says, go back home. I got nothing to do with you. I don't want you to follow me. So he goes back home. He kills an ox and burned his plow. I believe it was Cortez when he went to conquer a country. And they got off the ship. What was the first thing he did when he got off the ship? Anybody know? He burned the ships. Said, so now you got to win. You can't go back. Don't go back to where you used to be. Don't even look back. Don't even think about that. Think about where God has already ordained a place for you in heaven. How many believe that God has already got a place in heaven for you? It's got your name over the door's head. Amen. He said, I go away to prepare for a place for you that you don't even know. He's got a room that's got your name already up there. That's going to be a huge city. And your name is already up there. Brother Clay, your name is already up there. He's already got a room reserved. Amen. It's wonderful. Jeff McCourt tells me sometimes, said when I'm traveling, I call the city that I'm going to and tell them I want a five-star restaurant and I'm in a five-star motel and where I want to stay and I want a five-star steakhouse. And said when I get there, they said it's already ready for you, Mr. McCourt. How many of you know that it's already ready for you what God has planned for your life? He's predestined before you was ever born. He set aside anointing for your life just like he did everybody else. Elijah asked Elisha, said, now what do you want from me? He said, I want a double portion of the anointing of God. He said, you ask some hard things, 
But nevertheless, if you see me when I go away. Elisha followed Elijah 10 years. The Bible said pouring water on his hand, meaning he was a servant for 10 years, pouring water on Elijah's hand. He had to walk pretty close to him, didn't he? He had to keep his eye on him. He wanted what God had already promised was his. He wanted it. And one day he got it because he stayed close and kept his eyes on God. In closing, I would like to exhort you to keep your eyes on the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The devil will paint you a picture what you're going to lose if you walk with God. But he's a liar. Jesus said, though, the apostle said, we left all. We left our families. They just went through all what we left. And Jesus told him, said, any person that has left those things, I'm going to give them more in this life they would have had without me. I'm going to give them more. You read it. It's in your Bible and in the full gospel. Plus, I'm going to give you eternal life. That's what you got to look for. A better life here and a life that's already waiting for you up there. Praise God. God bless you abundantly. He looks for those that's not looking for him. And if, if we'll be honest ourselves, we might find out some things. I said I was going to close, but I'm going to read one more scripture. Habakkuk 2 and 3 said, Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behinded. It has appointed day to be there. Abraham was a hundred years old. Elisha had to wait ten years. We're seeing a lot of changes, right? Some, this guy told me that some for the good and some for the bad. But God has a plan for our lives. A perfect plan, a good plan. A plan to blessing. Deuteronomy 1 and 11, he made you a promise. I'll give you 1,000% more than what your forefathers had. I encourage you to read about Abraham and what he had. And God said, I will give you 1,000% more than what he had. Because you're the child of God, predestined to be in heaven. Amen. God bless you. Could we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your goodness and mercy. We thank you that you kept us all of those years. We thank you for all of those that's out there that don't know it right now. That you have their name. I mean, it's going to be a pointed time when they come. And the blessings of God is going to be upon them abundantly. We ask these things in Jesus' name. We're expecting the great and mighty things from you. We ask that you take care of it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for being here today.